0: All right, I think I'm on air now. Uh, you are. We were we were hassling. We were we were in a real hustle to get this thing started. Uh, almost didn't do it in time, but I think we got there right as it turned to 8:01. Anyway, my name's Skippy. Uh, this is Michael. I'm Mike. Yep. And this is the Push Out Podcast, and we've got a lot to talk about. Actually, it's like what two weeks before E3, and there's lots of video yeah. games and whatnot. It's a good. They're time.
1: priming us. They're starting to prime us. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're teasing things. We'll, we'll talk about that later, though. Uh, first, I want to talk about... Okay, the first thing I want to talk about is Splatoon, because I'm interested... I've I, I seen yeah, you playing so, some of that.
1: So, I... Uh, well, my brother actually bought Splatoon for the Wii U, and if you're not familiar, you kind of cover the multiplayer map with ink, and you're a little squid, and you swim through the ink, and it's very fun, very colorful. It's Nintendo's first, like, proper attempt for a competitive multiplayer game online um smashed i'm not really counting that because it's like a fighting game this is uh not really moba Eurogamer had a pretty funny video trying to call it a moba it's like a third person shooter and it's really fun um i've really taken to the roller class which is, you have this big paint roller or not paint but ink that one looks just the most sma- fun to me it is really fun you smack it down on the map and you just uh roll over everything covering it with ink and uh One of the little transformations you can turn into a kraken, uh, which is like a super squid, and you can leap up and kill people and cover the map as you swim around. It's really fun, and I like how fast-paced it is more than anything, um, or that's one of the things I like about it most. Each match only lasts three minutes, and so it's really quick. You go in... And most of the time, you feel like you're just crushing them, and it feels really good. Or if you're getting crushed, it doesn't last too long. It's, like, mercifully short. It's not Um, like
0: Counter-Strike, where you have to go through 30 rounds. Yeah, it's never (laughs) agonizing, even when you're losing by a lot. I quit my first Counter-Strike game uh, this week, actually. It was embarrassing.
1: Yeah, um, none of that going on there it's it not to say that all of them are that one-sided a lot of them aren't and it is really tense at the end cuz at the end of every match they show you an overview of the map and they have the enemy team's colors and your colors and it's sprinkled everywhere and uh then this little cat judges how much of the map is covered by each team, and so when it looks really even, sometimes it's it's really tense waiting for that verdict to yeah. come in because it it looks like you might have a little a little arm snaking off into their territory there, but I don't know it's tense when it gets to that, and it's really fun. it does kind of lack content there's yeah. Not- there's like four maps, and they go through rotations of just two at a time, so for any given session, you're only going to be switching back and forth between two maps. Um, it's not that big of a problem, because the maps aren't all that different. They are, I would say, s- substantially different, but they're not, you know, they're not drastically
0: so. It just seems really crazy to me how it, a, a game can come out, it was full price, right? Like what, $50? Yeah. $50? 60 uh, it, it comes yep. out it's only got five maps I, it seems like really 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 lean and that, uh, and like five yeah at first it seems like that could be appealing Is like not so much the maps but like it seems like there's what like four basically four different weapons and you can get like variations of them but they're they're it's a pretty simple game right it is pretty simple
1: the the weapon variations are different enough that so there's three categories of them Uh, there's kind of like regular guns that just rapid fire shoot. Then there's ones that you charge up and can go significantly longer. And then there's the, the paint rollers, the ink rollers. And, but within those, like, categories, there are ones that are significantly different. Like, if you're using a small gun that shoots short range and rapidly, it plays substantially different from if you're using a a longer range gun that shoots slower. So they did a pretty good job with weapon variety at the start but maps they need to have more maps it's yeah. very sparse that in that regard.
0: There are but it's it is really fun. There are two things that that really do appeal to me about that game uh, and the first is the fact that you can turn into the little squid and run around through the the ink that seems yes. really fun. I like I like that, and I it's kind of like a it's almost like sprinting. Like it's kind of like a variation on Call of Duty style sprinting, because but but it 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 seems way more strategic and and fun and yeah yeah it, uh, it's
1: it's really cool. Like the movement in that game is just very unique um it's fun to sort of if you're if you see somebody coming around a corner but they don't see you you can kind of duck down into your ink and then wait for them to come and then pop out and do some guerrilla warfare that way
0: yeah it, uh, it kind of it, makes me understand how they would compare it to a MOBA because it doesn't seem like the maps are quite complicated enough to do this maybe they're planning something more interesting in the future but like conceptually you could have lanes where it's like because we have more ink down this lane, it's like we get there faster, and it, it seems like I mean, it, could it be basically a really has that game. already.
1: It it has that already, but um, I like the MOBA comparisons fall short in a lot of ways. But in like the lanes are very much freeform, so even though the the map has its own like um, choke points and, and things like that, you really make the lanes yourself. Because I was not really expecting this. When you're in other people's ink, you basically can't move at all, and you just die. Uh, not super fast. You have enough time to get out, but that's about it. So you really have to have your ink down if you want to go anywhere. Yeah. So a lot of it isn't just trying to find the enemies and kill them, but just making paths for yourself and your team to be able to move down. And what's what I really like about it as a sort of competitive experience, it's not like esports by any means, but in terms of what it does right competitively, it it puts the emphasis on the objective and sort of paint penalizes you if all you're doing is going for kills. Yeah. So I've seen several games where one team has substantially more kills and fewer deaths, and they've still lost by like quite a bit. It's it, you, you have to keep the objective of covering the most surface area possible in your head at all times. And sometimes the best thing to do will just be to duck away and let that person keep running when you could have killed them because, ooh, there's this area over here that needed coverage and you could have done that instead. It's, it's, has interesting choices like that that you have to make really quickly.
0: Yeah, I could see someone taking that concept and definitely not Nintendo. Like Nintendo just wouldn't do this with a game, but I could see someone taking that concept and making a very, a much more complicated and uh, kind of nuanced game that that actually like you have to communicate with your teammates and stuff like that to do some interesting stuff. Just just with the concept, the basic concept of like controlling the map. You know, I I, I yeah. hope that people take this concept and run with it. It's just cool to see a shooter that isn't necessarily just a shooter. Like you, you don't have to focus on actually killing people.
1: Yeah, and. They don't have the ranked mode. There's a an option in the menu, the lobby, where you can pick ranked uh, play, but it's not open yet. They still haven't added that. Like, There are weird idiosyncrasies like that, and I, I was never expecting them to add voice chat, but it is a little disappointing that there's going to be that sort of ranked mode without a way to strategize with your team.
0: Yeah, it's weird, and I, I don't like the way that they've kind of... I, I know that they have like a whole plan of rolling out features and stuff that should definitely be in the game to begin with at release but it 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 seems like people are just forgiving that because it's a good game which on the one hand well sure yeah it's a good game but on the other hand i don't think anyone should be forgiven for doing something that seems kind of scummy honestly like i don't like i don't know if it's the developers or nintendo to blame or whatever but like I, i really don't like how they've released a full game and not have full features it's weird
1: yeah it's it's strange. It feels very polished in some ways and very incomplete in others. Yeah. What they've really, it's not like Bloodborne. Bloodborne was probably the opposite kind of launch where all the content was there, but it was just a mess technically. This feels polished to a mirror shine, but there's just not that much there yet.
0: Well, uh I mentioned that I liked the squid part. The other thing that I really like that really appeals to me is that there's a kind of a God, what does what does Nintendo call it like the little center where you just walk around and and like see people and they can draw oh, stuff. Oh, oh. Well, yeah, Meverse, yeah, 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 the Meverse and people dr- drawing their fan art and stuff of this game that seems endlessly entertaining.
1: It it is and it actually randomly different Meverse um, things. I think it does it depending on the number of yas they get. It's their equivalent to a like or a thumbs up. Based on the number of yes these drawings get, it'll actually get like faintly put on the walls in game. It's yeah. like graffiti. It's just cute. It's a I, cute little implementation. That explains
0: why I saw a screenshot of someone playing the game and it just said Bush, ni- Bush did 9 <laughs> <Yeah>. 11. <laughs> the level. <laughs> I, I, I love that kind of really stupid, goofy shit. I, I wish, like, Valve. Had remember like sprays that you could use and like deathmatches. I and miss stuff? those. Well, that, I thought that was going to become a thing. I mean, I guess enough people just make porn of them and stuff that that it's like okay, this is actually not really a viable <laughs> thing to have in our multiplayer games. But I love yeah. just the the complete goofiness and it, <laughs> the the <laughs> idiocy of it all. Uh, I I love that shit.
1: Um, I also I like how they incorporate the music. The music is very good. It's it's unique too. It's this. I don't really know how to describe it. It's you're kind a squid of
0: rock. now. You're a kid now. That, yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> that's
1: the trailer. But the actual in-game music. Um, by the way, basically every Miiverse drawing is just people saying, I'm a squid now <laughs> or I'm a kid now. But um, for the whatever. I forgot what I was going to say. Um,
0: well, good job.
1: Oh, yeah, the music. So the, each map and each game is exactly three minutes long, so they make the music exactly three minutes long, too. Oh, so yeah, as you okay. play through the game, it ends exactly, like, on point every time. Like, it builds up to a crescendo and then ends, and it feels really good. Like, they they made the music seem like it could fit anything that's going on in the match, and then it all comes to an end exactly when the match does. It's a nice touch. I'm glad they
0: did it that way. Yeah, that's that's really clever, and I I like that a lot. Um, All right, my turn. Uh, I bought a game this week that I like a lot. It is called The Witcher Three: The Wild Hunt, and, uh, and well, limited spoilers. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil anything. There's, there's not okay. really anything to to spoil. I'm just I'm, I'm just still gonna... going through The Witcher Two, so um, and I, I kind of want you to talk about Witcher Two too, but I'm gonna talk about Witcher Three first. Uh, first of all, it seems like the kind of game where it's fine not to play the first two. Like it's kind of a condensed story. I mean, it, there's characters and stuff that obviously carry over from the other games, very obviously. Uh, but it, it, it just kind of it throws you into the world, but it gives you enough opportunities to kind of learn as you go along. And uh, I really, really, really like this game. Uh, yep. I the highest compliment that I can give any game, especially an RPG, ever is it reminds me a lot of back when I first played Morrowind, which that was like I see that as like the pinnacle of my <laughs> ever like playing games like Marland. First jumping into that game and exploring that world was the the high point for me. And so when a game, even just a little bit, reaches that kind of feeling, it blows me away. And The Witcher Three is just totally there. Like it, just exploring that world is so much fun. It's it's massive and it's got tons of just it's just content. Like you can just walk into someone's house and grab a book and read the book and see a letter and just read stuff and and talk to people and. Uh, you learn things contextually. Nothing is just thrown at your face and explained. Uh, unfortunately, that also uh, carries over to the gameplay, which I feel like they actually didn't teach you very well, like well enough. Uh, it, it, I I kind of... Maybe I was too quick in going into the first boss or whatever, uh, the first enemy that you have to to witch to, 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 to kill for the town it's attacking or whatever. Uh I didn't understand the concepts of the combat and just died. I must have died, God, I must have died like 30 times. Not 30, not, not quite that much, but it was like fighting a Dark Souls boss for the first time. It was just like, I felt like I I was completely lost and had to really... Did After you I... feel
1: like by the time you played in enough of that boss, like you were, I don't know, that it
0: was fair and skill-based? Yes, it's fair and skill-based, but not uh not for someone who's just starting out and who doesn't understand the basics of a lot of the the features of the combat uh, cuz
1: in two the couple boss fights I've done they felt just really fucking dumb like out of place and not like very sloppy they were quick time events and
0: oh, so I'm no, glad that no, that's, it's not that's like different. that at all I, the combat is it's okay I've heard some really criticisms of the combat it, it's not too bad. I know that it's better than Witcher Two because that's what I've heard. Uh, but <laughs> I, like people have said, it's way better. Uh, that's not saying much, apparently. But
1: the Witcher Two combat, like if you're just fighting regular enemies, it's decent. Yeah, so it's not like bad. I heard the Witcher
0: One's combat is really obtuse. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But uh, it, it's it's some of the concepts. Like here's a spell that does something that hey, you should have experimented with the spell a lot more before you jumped into this boss fight because it would make it. 10 times easier. Like it's a shield spell and it just if it, it works wonders and I didn't really know how well it worked and so I di- I just kind of ignored it. And I mean that's my fault, but at the same time like I'm just not used to a game that expects you to experiment and and find out how stuff works before jumping in. I'm used mm-hmm. to games that you just jump in and you go, "Oh, okay." And 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 so it's it's a learning experience and like it really really punishes you at this point where I'm um, no spoilers, there's a quest line And it's very long, and it throws you into, uh, like, several very hard encounters with with enemies, and there's no chance. Well, technically, I guess maybe there is a chance to restock, but it doesn't make sense in context of the story or anything. Like, maybe you can go outside, like, backwards through the cave or whatever, but uh, my sword broke, and I didn't have any healing items or anything, and I was having to go up against a boss, and it was just really, really, really punishing and in the end, it's my fault. Like, I should have said, well, I'm, I know I'm about to start this quest. It's probably going to be very, you know, lengthy and, and have some enemies in it. I should have stocked up, but I didn't. And and that's kind of my fault. But at the same time, like, it's kind of weird that it it allows you to be put in a situation where you're almost just fucked. There's always a way out, but you're almost just yeah. fucked.
1: So I was playing The Witcher 2 on stream. I think it was, like, the day after the podcast or something. And, oh, my God. Uh one, I'm streaming on this laptop, and The Witcher 2, I can barely run it. So while I was streaming it, it was chugging along at, like, 10, 15 frames per second. And I got locked in, like, this save point. It, like, auto saved when I aggroed, like, 20 enemies or something in a very tight corridor, like, house. And it was just fucking mind numbing like yeah. there was nowhere to go, and I would just get jammed up against the wall and eventually, I just had to like exploit the AI by laying down the uh, Yarden sign that kind of traps them in place, yeah, so that th- it was tight enough that nobody could, none of the other enemies could get around the person I would trap, so I just had to exploit that to finally get out of this. It was very frustrating, but it,
0: I, I like that it's the kind of game where you can do stuff like that like it feels almost exploitive, but at the same time, like I yeah. think it's encouraging you to do stuff. You like feel like that.
1: you're using your tools, and what I do like about uh, The Witcher two, at least, and it probably does carry over to th- the third one if they got it right in the second, um, that it feels right to try to use as much as of as much as of your tools as possible. Yeah, like in a lot of other games, you can kind of oh, I just want to use the fire, or I'll just stick to this kind of magic or whatever. But in The Witcher, it, it it feels like it rewards
0: you for using a diverse set of moves or for using stuff that like a lot of people would say, well, that's cheap. Like there's some stuff where it's just like, okay, this is going to make this battle super easy just because I put together the ingredients to make a potion that does something that's just perfect. And no, it's the game allowing you to do that. If you do your, your research and you find out what the enemy, like you can look up the bestiary and see what their weaknesses are and stuff. It's encouraging you to go out of your way to make things very easy on yourself and 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 it doesn't it doesn't shame you for doing that or anything like i don't feel bad when i when I, I i haven't done anything that's horribly cheesy or anything but like like the shield spell for example, when I figured out what that does which is it's basically like you get a free hit on you like if uh, there's a boss with like no matter how powerful his hit is, if it hits you it doesn't do any Quim. damage yeah yeah and uh it it felt so cheesy the first time I used it, but then I realized, no, I mean, this is a game feature and there's certain bosses that or pretty much every enemy has instances where that shield isn't really going to work right for you. Cause like there's one boss where he would do this attack where it would there are like six attacks in a row. And the first one breaks the shield and then the other five just kill you. And, uh, and so it, it it punishes you for relying too much on it. And I, I, I so far, I'm very pleased with it. It's just been a rough process of learning it. Uh, I got very frustrated on the first boss and stuff. But it, the, the game is so good that 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 frustration doesn't even matter. It, it's kind of like being about halfway through Dark Souls, where you're really pissed off not being able to beat, like, Ornstein and Smell. But you're like, this game's so good, I don't actually care that I'm frustrated. Like, it's actually awesome. Uh, that's the kind of thing I get from Witcher. Um, I I love it. I'm frustrated
1: because I, I'm i getting, I think, to about the halfway point of The Witcher 2, and I've heard nothing but good things about The Witcher 3, and I'm loving The Witcher 2, but I don't think there's a chance in hell I can run it on this laptop. So yeah. my choices my choices are to get it on PS4 and then double dip later, because clearly it's going to look amazing on the PC, or wait months, and oh man, it's going to be brutal, because yep. uh, every... Nobody said a bad thing about it to me yet. Or if they have, it's always tempered and just kind of like a minor, overlookable thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, the complaints that I have about The Witcher, including... Okay, my biggest complaint, and this is one that you've definitely heard before. The controls are, like, inconceivably bad for a game coming out uh, well, in 2015.
1: Inconceivable. I don't know about that. It's is like... It, is it
0: worse than The Witcher 2? Because if it's I don't not... I then... I haven't played The Witcher 2. It, it's just, uh, it's like going back to playing Grand Theft Auto 3 or something. And like, like the way that you control your character where he doesn't go where you actually want him to go at any time. Or like the first Assassin's Creed game, like trying to jump across the rooftops where you want to go. It's that kind of feeling where you move your thumbstick and the character doesn't do what you're trying to get him to do. Uh, it's not, it's not game, it's not a game killer by any means, but it is extremely frustrating. And it's one of those things where, it's so bad that you don't get used to it. It's just always bad. <laughs> I had,
1: I think I know what you mean. Like turning is sometimes yeah. clunky because it'll you won't just if you press right then you won't just turn. You'll um like sort of curve off. Um, mm-hmm. but I f- I found it helpful to actually walk there, and it's one of the few t- games that I've ever actually used the walk feature when the default yes, movement is faster. Definitely,
0: uh, definitely. The Witcher Three is the same way. It's like if you're trying to run everywhere and it's really weird too, cause you automatically walk when you hold the thumbstick all the way in one direction, you automatically walk when you're indoors, but then you walk outdoors and you start running automatically. So there's a weird kind of, you, you, you'll go from indoors to outdoors and you'll be disoriented for a second because it's not doing what you want it to do. It's running instead of yeah. walking and all that crap. And, uh, it's, it, it's like I said, it's not a deal breaker, but there's been a lot of moments where it has literally killed me. Uh, there was one moment where I'm jumping across from some... I'm actually doing an Assassin's Creed thing. I'm <laughs> jumping across the rooftops and stuff to try to get to a chest that I can see, but that's kind of hidden. And that's another thing that's awesome about the game is that they hide things in places where you wouldn't expect most games to bother even letting you get to. Uh, You'll have to like go up a ladder and then run across the roofs and all this stuff. And it seems like you're exploiting it, but then you find a chest. Um, so that's what I was trying to do. And the, the weird-ass controls made me slide down a roof and fall off the house and die. And also you get damaged from anything like any fall. That's more than I would estimate about 10 feet, like less than twice the height of your character. If you fall that much, you get damaged and and it's it's quite significant. And a lot of times it'll kill you from just something very stupid. And a lot of times it's like, it seems like there's no other way to go except just down 10 feet. And then you damage yourself and you're like, come on.
1: When I do, When I do get it, one of the first things I'll do probably is get a mod that turns that off. And I know that's a part of the game, but that is always one of the most frustrating things in any kind of open world sandbox is fall damage. Like, it just kind of... I get that it makes sense that you can't survive a sheer drop of like 100 feet, but at the same time it just kind of kills the exploration. And, it and... really limits you and slows you down. Like, I like how they added the ability to slide down with steep slopes and mountains like that. Yeah, that's but really cool. They, sh- they should have gone the whole way or maybe you can roll as you hit the ground and reduce the damage. The, the know, sliding
0: just... is actually what killed me though because I was going down a roof that you can walk up but I was trying to go down it and I it automatically, he automatically went into a sliding animation and just slid off the side of the roof. <laughs> so was, that okay. sucked. Uh, but it, yeah, I don't think so far there hasn't been an instance where I'm like, okay, if I if fall damage was turned off, then I would, I could exploit this part of the game. It doesn't really seem like it, it's actually that necessary, uh, especially if it's, if it was like a mod, like if, conceptually, if it was a mod that extended the fall damage to like 20 feet or something, then it, it just doesn't seem like that would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why they chose to have that because it, I I don't mind games with fall damage but this is this is absurd. I mean it's just like I could I could fall from the height that he's falling and 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 land fine. I it's that kind of thing. You don't have to be parkouring or anything. It's heard, it's, it's obnoxious.
1: I heard horror stories about um candles near chests that like you would yep. they use the same key and yes. somebody one of the first mods I heard about was a mod that allows you to bind separate keys for the ignition of candles and opening chests.
0: I should look into that. It's, it's not, it's probably not as bad as people are making it out to be. You just have to get used to the camera is another thing that I don't like very much. You have to get used to pointing the camera where you want to interact with something. Like even though it's a third person perspective, if you're pointing a little bit towards the candle, then it'll automatically bind to the candle. And it, and so anyway, the, the controls and everything aside, the combat my biggest complaint honestly with the combat you move I don't know if it's the same as Witcher 2 you move very very slowly. You can dodge quickly, but like the normal movement speed is absurdly slow and you you have to hold down A if you want to run. Otherwise it's almost like a walking pace and you like your strafing and stuff is it's 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 going from like Bloodborne to The Witcher is painful. Uh
1: yeah, Witcher 2's it's not fast, but I don't remember like a sprinting option. I'm pretty sure you just kind of go at the same rate constantly. There's a, there's a sprinting you're
0: option in Witcher Three. You hold down A and you go faster. Um, okay. It's it's I I don't know I, I I just it's it's not a problem until you enter combat and then it feels like. There's not even really any point to bother trying to like move around a, a an enemy or something without dodging because the dodging is so much quicker than just normal strafing it's it's weird it it takes getting used to i still haven't even gotten used to the combat and i've i've probably played i've played more than several hours i've probably played like
1: more approaching
0: approaching ten hours of that game and it's still i still feel like a beginner uh it's that kind of game and 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 it's obviously a very long and large game so uh i have to prepare for for the uh, for the long haul but i i love it i love the way that they present the world and okay god damn it i'm sorry i the, so much of this podcast is going to be taken up with witcher talk yeah um, oh, it's good i the the, the thing that i kept thinking of especially with e3 approaching is comparing how the witcher 3 was made and and the care that was obviously put into it and the production value of it and and literally the value of the production as far as how much money was probably invested in it, which I heard was like, I want to say 40 million. Uh, I don't know. But that was just from my chat talking to me while I was streaming. But uh, the the comparison, if you try to compare The Witcher and Skyrim, which is a very easy comparison to make because they're similar settings. They're both RPGs. They both have horses. They both have dialogue options in the same style. And they're very similar games in concept. But in execution, The Witcher is better in almost every single way, and significantly better at that. And 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 I said that on Twitter, and a bunch of people got mad because they said, "Well, Skyrim was five years ago, but it's not a matter of five matter. years of technology. No, it's inexcusable." I, I I urge you, I urge you to buy The Witcher three and and play even just a little bit of it, and then go back to Skyrim because because The Witcher three is. You know, I haven't played it, but it seems like it's probably
1: comparable or better than Morrowind in most respects. But Morrowind stands up better
0: as a comparison to it than yeah, it's, Skyrim does. It's significant. It's not a matter of years. It's way better than Morrowind in almost every way. I mean, like uh, Morrowind's a, in a lot of ways a bad game. It, it, it failed on many levels, and, uh, including, like Witcher, the combat and stuff that just wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the things right, they did, but yeah, it the, stands
1: up better than Skyrim does.
0: Yeah, the things that they did right, they did they they put enough care into it and enough enough they 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 focused on it enough that it transcended the Game Pass. Its problems, unlike Skyrim, in my opinion, in my opinion, chat, where none of it it doesn't have anything that's valuable enough to excuse the horrible animations, the horrible voice acting, the 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 not very interesting writing and the not very interesting world. And I just, I am not a fan of Skyrim and Witcher three has submitted that. That's
1: that's one of the first things I noticed about the Witcher two. And as far as I can tell, they're similar in quality in that respect of designing interesting quests and interesting characters and things like that. I was expecting a sort of generic fetch quest. I got Mm -hmm. um, a quest from a guy and he's like, Oh, go to this asylum out in the woods. These two guys went missing. And I went there and I was sort of expecting like a a generic fetch quest, but it wasn't. You go there, it's not a mainline quest or anything, it's just a side thing that's totally missable. You go there and this asylum is haunted by the spirits of the people who who live there and they don't attack you. They just sort of wail in misery as you walk through it and they're sort of trapped there by this vengeful spirit and the two guys are still alive and you can choose to bring them to justice or not or, or deny the ghost its justice or try to bring them back to town and be disappointed by the verdict that the guy hands down. Like It's a, it's a very fleshed out little quest that's completely optional. Yeah. You don't have to do it At all, not only put care, and make characters. They make unique characters specific to those side quests. Yeah,
0: it's not only optional, but it's completely missable. Uh, Yes. In the the case of Witcher Three, I mean, just uh, trying. I'm trying to experience as much as possible as I go along in a reason at a reasonable pace, and I'll probably go back to a lot. I am probably skipping. Three quarters at least of the actual quests um i i am probably just not even seeing them I'm probably not even talking to the people who prompt you to to do the quest because they'll be out in the middle of nowhere or something and it's like oh there's a, just a person with a quest to give and you, the there's a high chance you could either ride right past them without even noticing or go another way and you never see them, but they're there, and there's a whole like you said a whole character built for them, a unique voice actor who's actually good at acting and 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 animations for their face imagine and, that oh god yeah it's just the animations alone of their face and their body when they're talking is so much better than any bethesda game ah it drives me crazy i just don't think bethesda is has made very good games and i we've gone over that before but like fallout anyway i'll 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 mention really quickly we might go back to it but fallout 4 has been teased for e3 and I have a sneaking sus- uh, suspicion it's going to be on the same engine that they've been using for like the last fifteen years. God, thing. I hope not. But yeah, I we'll, we'll see. I hope not. We'll see because they they supposedly revamped the engine for Skyrim. They said like, oh, it's basically a new engine. They called
1: it's- it. They called it a new thing, but yeah, it's the and same it wasn't. Shit. It, it uses the same wasn't. console, almost identical modding <laughs> yeah. tools. Like, yeah, come
0: on. Like it was very obviously not not a different engine. But anyway, um, Witcher three. I'm. I, I'll probably have loads more to say about that. I don't know. I. I just. I. It's the best game probably that I've played in quite a while. I mean, uh, even just comparing it to, like, Dark Souls, it's it's good for much, much different reasons. It's good for pretty much the opposite reasons as Dark Souls. While Dark Souls is all almost all about the gameplay, Witcher 3 is more about the world. Although Dark Souls built a good world, but it wasn't anywhere near Witcher. But it's just, it's refreshing to see an RPG that... Cares about the things that I care about in RPGs, um, which is world building and and characters and, and whatnot. And I, I think that I for a while there we were in this kind of lull where RPGs were more just about I don't know what I don't know I I, I I just don't understand the appeal of, of dual a lot wielding. Of the, yeah, it's I, all <laughs> about the dual wielding at the yeah, end of the day. It's, it's about it's about you know building up your skill branch to where you can wield two swords at once. I don't know
1: I I. I think, we I, would, should, I think we should do that for the after show. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. 3. Yeah. So, stay tuned, folks. Don't tune out.
0: Don't go anywhere. Don't, don't touch that dial.
1: Skippy will, uh, God, PT. Now, I, I replayed PT a couple times the other week. I don't have anything to say about it, but uh, <laughs> I just wanted to mention it. I'm um, glad you yeah. can.
0: Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I envy you.
1: It's, it's fantastic. I
0: kick myself every day for not downloading that stupid game. It's great. <laughs> you yep. should. Well, okay. I can't. Um, I don't have much to say about Bloodborne, but I'd like to say a little bit. Go for
1: it. Um, so, I'd heard through the grapevine um, about this colossal challenge in Bloodborne. I had I hadn't finished it yet, but now I'm going for the platinum trophy. I'm trying to do everything and finish that game. You're insane. And well, no, no. Well, maybe, but I, I got over the hump. So there's this horrible challenge called the Defiled Chalice. And what it does is it halves your health and the enemies are very powerful in it. And I'd heard about that beforehand, but I'm like, okay, this is gonna be pretty difficult. Not that hard. Uh I was wrong. And it turns out <laughs> that all the bitching and moaning about it was justified. Because I go in there and I, I do the, the regular part of the level and you know, I'm dying a little quickly, but it's okay. I get to the bosses The first boss is very tough. He has this one attack that kills me instantly. And I'm like, okay, this is hard, but I could power through. The second boss of the dungeon, every attack fucking one-shots me. (laughs) Every single attack. Anything. If you get hit by any little nudgy bit of a hitbox, you're just fucking dead. That's that dungeon. And it was a Watchdog of the Old Lords was that boss. I finally got through that, and I'm like, okay, shit, there's another floor. And I get to the end of that one, and you know Amygdala in that game, mm-hmm. the huge spidery thing with a ton of arms with huge range that flails around all crazy. If you get hit by anything in that, you just fucking die. <laughs> like it's brutally insane. Uh but I, I got through it. It's it's done. I put that to bed, buried it, and now all I have left is the uh the final chalice dungeon, which I heard is actually easier. And I'm waiting to do that until I can record it for that review um, with a capture card and everything. Sweet, but yeah, that's that was nuts. I people, wow, well, I, I thought it was exaggerated how hard it was, but yeah, it was it was very very difficult. That
0: sounds awful to me. Uh, that's that's not something I want to experience.
1: It. I mean, I'm, maybe I am playing it up. It wasn't. What, okay, so no boss in Bloodborne took me more than like five tries. Like at worst, well, see and, that, that like that for me is not true at all. <laughs> I have not had that experience with Bloodborne, and and these bosses took me like thirty tries each. It, it was yeah. just nuts.
0: Well, but, yeah. Good for you. I hope you're proud it, of yourself. It, force,
1: it forces you to learn how to dodge and like learn the invincibility frames and stuff. Like you can't get away with kind of. I don't know. Not brute forcing. Whatever. It's hard. It's so hard.
0: So you're planning to do a a long like video review of Bloodborne?
1: Yes, and I already have a lot of it written. Trouble is, it like it's going to be hell to edit on this laptop. That video yeah. I made about game theory, that took me an inordinate amount of time longer than it should have just because of how long it takes for my computer to fucking drop things into the timeline and render the frames it's just a nightmare you need so, to
0: get your desktop
1: i well i it's in another state so <laughs> i like to do that but uh but yeah uh when I do make it I plan to do it right so all the footage captured myself in as high quality as you can possibly find online like I'm trying to do it right, and I got like 4,500 words of it written so far.
0: Well, I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, I um, I also have a video. I, I, I'm not going to say it's a video yet because I haven't done any video editing, and I don't know if I'm going to feel like it once I get it written and everything, but I want to make a response to what you made <laughs> some time ago. Uh, you made a video called uh, uh, Separating, separating gameplay, from art. gameplay from Art, and I want to make a video titled combining gameplay and art about games that have successfully uh combined their gameplay and their art artistic elements in a in a way that makes them a nice complete whole experience uh i don't know i've just kind of started writing it very like very loosely i haven't i haven't gotten a a whole lot of the way through it so maybe it'll be one of those things that i say i'm doing and then never actually do but I, i i there's games like uh Games like Papers, Please and Hotline Miami, these games that that feel like the gameplay is part of the artistic expression or the message or whatever that they're trying to get across. Especially Papers, Please, to me, like that's the the best example of of a game that the the whole experience of playing the game is the the artistic side of the game. Uh, it, it, I, I if I make the video on it, you you you'll understand. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to yeah.
1: I mean, it sounds. It sounds like in line with what I was trying to say. Like,
0: yeah, uh, exactly. You
1: can't. It's it, it's a bad thing to try to conceptually separate interactive mechanics from artistic value, and you're, I guess, identifying or highlighting uh, successful examples. Exactly, of it's going to sound like
0: elements. by the title, it's going to sound like I'm disagreeing with you. But obviously, if you've watched his video, then I, I am agreeing with you. Uh, and 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 uh, mostly it's focusing on examples and and uh and kind of the successes of of that uh anyway i i'm i hopefully will get off my ass and and do more of that but right on life you know also
1: it, along similar lines i've been sort of thinking about for a while but i'm actually doing it now um is a video so in that separating gameplay from art video i one of the points I make, one of the like, sub-points, is that uh, interaction is an in art in itself, that there's artistic value in interaction. But that's not the point that's dwelled on. I think I want a more thorough justification of that point. And uh, have you ever heard of Maria Abramovich? She was this performance artist from like the 70s. She's called the grandmother of performance art and very pretentious artistic circles follower. But she did things like she had a... She sat on a chair motionless for hours and was surrounded by these objects and people were allowed to do whatever they wanted to her with the objects like scissors or just like a feather boa or a, you know, like a a rose, a loaded gun. Anyone was allowed to do anything they wanted to her with those objects. And they managed to incorporate interaction into the artistic experience. So I don't know. I, I feel like there's more to say on that.
0: That sounds super pretentious to me. Yeah, it does, but you know, just roll with it. No, oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, that that is kind of interesting because it's like the concept again of gameplay and art, except before games were really a thing.
1: Yeah. and like uh, what's his face, Brian Moriarty, he's a game developer. He said that that um video games are diametrically opposed to the the endeavor of proper art because literature and film require authorial control. But I just want to kind of attack that argument that somehow complete authorial control is necessary for something to be considered art. Yeah. Uh,
0: it, that, that was Roger Ebert's famous argument, basically. I mean, yeah, a different expression of, of it, but it's a similar, similar uh, point of that because it's a the game, funny thing, it's not art.
1: The funny thing is that in his, like, because he had like expressed offhand that video games aren't art on one occasion. And then he wrote an essay defending that. And at some point, he says, "I've never found a video game interesting enough to captivate my attention enough to play it, or something like that." He basically just admitted that he'd never played a video game, which is yeah, I mean, funny to me. People
0: who, yeah, people who care about Roger Ebert's opinions on video games are caring about Roger Ebert for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, but it, it, yeah, it, and I think that there's countless examples of video of video games that. Sometimes even just the gameplay is really the only artistic expression, and in a very abstract way, obviously, in more of a social experiment way. One of my favorites uh, was a a passing trend that you might have heard of or might have experienced. Uh, You've heard of Transfer Mice? Transfer Mice. Trans-for-mice. Like trans, the word for mice. Uh, Those aren't separate words, all one word. Uh, It was a game, it was a browser game, where people could join a server and it was a two-dimensional, not side-scrolling, just one screen. I know what you're talking about. I played that. Yeah, yeah. and everyone was a mouse trying to get to the cheese and the, only the mouse that got the cheese won, I think. Or maybe everyone who got the cheese won and then the ones who didn't get lost or something. I don't know. Oh, wait, uh, never mind. I, I played something. Never mind. Well, I'll tell you about that after you're done. Yeah, anyway. It, 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 first of all, it allowed, like, I would say I think more than 100 people to play the game at the same time and everyone's a mouse on the screen and they all, you just get you like. You lose yourself in the, the mass of mice trying to get through this kind of platforming puzzle or whatever to get to the cheese. And the funny part is that the mice have physics. And so you're not just, you're not just a uh, clipping through each other. You can climb up on other mice. And so they'll put the cheese like up in a high spot and you have to form, like, a tower or something to get to the cheese. But only the mouse that gets to the cheese wins and everyone else loses. And it was just really, really interesting, actually, from, like, a social experiment uh, perspective. And I, I actually had a lot of fun with that game. I, I, I kind of missed that game. I wonder if it's still around. I don't know. I haven't looked for it recently. But uh, it was awesome in concept and in execution. Like, just seeing all these mice try to get through the same puzzle and stuff, it, it was it was very entertaining.
1: I played a very similar game. Um it's, the reason I thought I knew the one you were talking about is because you're computer mice, like cursors on the screen. Oh, way. right, yeah. And um, the way it works sort of is that there are gates and things that lock um, and pads that get blocked. And to open them, one person has to put their cursor on that point, And then other people will be allowed to escape through the paths oh, okay. and things. So you kind of have to work together, and you have to rely on other people helping you, but you have to pay it forward and things. And um, it gets kind of complicated as it goes on. Like, three people have to be here, and you have to click here, and it just gets very interesting. And a lot of people who are allowed through, you have another method of interaction, too, which is just to sort of write words on the, the canvas. So sometimes people who would make a joke or something would be allowed to pass. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, it's an, It was an interesting... Like you said, social experiment.
0: Yeah, uh, there's there's actually like endless examples to me, but a lot of them just don't even really uh, reach that that level of public attention that 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 they probably actually deserve. But uh, I I I love that shit. It's it's endlessly interesting. Like just the the I'd say one of the most classic examples is that uh, the mafia game, or I I think mafia is the most common rendition of it. But it started out as like a card game where. You draw cards and like two people are the spies or whatever, and everyone else has to try to figure out who they are. It's also it's often also like uh, uh, sheep and wolves. Uh, have you ever played something that resembles that? It's it's I I,
1: I think so. Yeah, we didn't call it that. But.
0: I don't know. Yeah, it's taken on a ton of different forms, but in, in in concept, it's the same thing where you're trying to find the people who are the bad guys, and yeah. they're trying yeah. to accuse other people of being bad guys, and it's a very it's kind of the rules of it are kind of simple but the way that people are have to try I love to games like that. That's it's it's fascinating and and there's been there's actually been like there was some terrible terrible horror movie that came out like years and years ago like almost probably a decade ago uh where they actually had a rendition of that kind of game in a browser game format where you use text chat to to find the the wolves or something like that, and I've also seen there was a StarCraft mod that did the same thing. It was really weird. I don't know that game has been done over and over and over again, but I I I I love the things that that does as far as how people kind of learn about each other and themselves just playing this stupid little game. I don't know. We're getting into some deep shit there. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of game theory, I have a theory. And, uh, what is
1: your game theory it
0: <laughs> uh yeah thank you for introducing me to the game theory youtube page by the way I'm so glad yeah, you that shouldn't I Shouldn't oh, that. yeah that's great you should uh, check out geez. game theory guys it's great uh... he made a video called does dark souls actually suck <laughs> yeah I saw that I don't have to say anything more about it <laughs> yeah um this this actually would make a perfect game theory video. Actually, this might inspire me to make a video that's a parody like yours or something, but there is a a theory that I have come up with pertaining to Star Citizen. Uh, we've talked about it before, about how just completely absurd it is that Star Citizen exists as a thing that people have donated, like, what, 80-something million dollars towards now, and they still don't 80, have a whole lot of... 80 million? I think so. I think it's like a 83 million right now. Yeah. It's surprising every time you hear no it way. because it is so ridiculous. <laughs> if, if, for those of you not watching the video podcast, uh, he's looking uh. it up in disbelief. I, I promise you it's true. Um, uh, Jesus. What <laughs> the f- Yeah,
1: we've- Se- $77 million? Okay,
0: not quite 80 then. Actually, that might just be their website. That might be an old Add the Kickstarter to I it's eighty three million dollars. Yeah, eighty three million. Oh
1: my god!
0: Yeah, what is this? I know, right? Um, so that was that's my reaction to it. Every time I'm reminded that it, it's a thing that exists, I've come up with a theory that is frankly the only plausible explanation for for Star Citizen's existence. And this is my theory, and I hope that I don't get sued for libel and slander. But Star Citizen is very obviously a money laundering scheme. <laughs> and there's some allegedly, according, I'm
1: sorry. let's clarify. <laughs> allegedly, according to anonymous sources, Star Citizen is an a money laundering yes, scheme. Yes, allegedly. Continue. The,
0: the creators of Star Citizen their cohorts or or co-creators,
1: cronies, have, minions, whatever. You want they,
0: to call uh, they are a part of some sort of organized crime division, allegedly, that uh Donates money towards this project In the guise of it being You know Donations towards a video game And Kickstarter and all that stuff When in reality it's drug money And and hit contracts And all sorts of stuff like that Being funneled through this game Where people are paying $500 for a spaceship That doesn't exist The only reason someone would pay for that Is because they've you know Murdered someone and they need to launder the money Through the Star Citizen Kickstarter oh, Allegedly uh, you know it's not not at all uh not at all necessarily true it's just a uh just if a theory we, that's actually a good theory if we want to
1: sort of abstract away from star citizen specifically mm-hmm. that would be a really easy way to launder millions of dollars it would be it makes you wonder donate it to a crowdfunding campaign well the,
0: the reason that i thought of this theory is because my friend and i were discussing uh this was a long time ago and, and then i i just recently it just came to me as far in the context of kickstarter but a friend of mine of mine before we kickstarter was a thing we were talking about how absurd it was that these simulator games were being made that were just really terribly made and seemed to be selling super well on Steam. And it's like, who is buying Farming Simu- Simulator? And, and we came up with the theory that, that it was some kind of mo- money laundering scheme where people were buying it through Steam <laughs> and laundering the money. Uh, it works much better in this context. It's just perfect, and it's the only explanation that people have given $83 million towards a video game that is, in all likelihood, not going to be that great and, and doesn't exist yet. What the fuck? It's money on the What's the latest the latest stretch
1: goal is some bullshit about enhanced ship modulation? They keep having to make up stretch goals because they never expected it to come to this. They stopped. Sp- they just stopped at sixty five million.
0: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. They 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 ran out of things to do with that game. And and the thing that like the thing that drives me crazy is that I think everyone has in their mind this awesome idea of a game where like everyone's on a ship together and you can get boarded and fight each other and stuff and in concept, that's exactly what they're doing. But everything's being released as a module. So there's the dogfighting module. There's the hangar module. There's the first-person shooter module. And so it makes me think that someone boards your your ship, and there's a loading screen, and then there's a, a lobby where everyone joins the lobby, and then they go into the first-person mode, and then the person who wins that boards the ship. And it just sounds – like, from what I know of games like this that get hyped up, it sounds – like, that's exactly what it's going to be, and it's going to be a huge letdown. And at this point, I almost hope it is, because the the entertainment value of seeing people who spent thousands of dollars on this game being horribly disappointed, or at least deluding themselves into thinking it's good, uh, is far, far greater than I could ever actually achieve through playing the game. Uh, so, it, or it's yeah. a money laundering scheme. I don't know. Uh,
1: yeah, you don't know. <laughs> no, who knows, right? But, yeah, I mean, there's no way... There's no way it can live up to what it's promising. There's no way, like I said before on early episodes, it's more ambitious than Destiny and has less money than Destiny and has a less proven developer than Destiny. Yeah, there, there, there's no way. I'll eat my hat if it's actually lives up to its promises. And it's
0: in an engine where, frankly, the engine hasn't really been uh, proven to work in this way at all uh the it's it uses the crisis engine or the what is it called uh maybe it's called the crisis no cry engine uh which i think as far as i know cry engine has mostly just been used for first-person shooters and maybe a few like experimental demo games uh so good luck to them i guess i don't know that thing don't get your hopes up for that thing people please uh or do and 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 then and then explain to me what's happening to you mentally as the game comes out and disappoints you because I'll I'll be endlessly entertained, like I mentioned. Anyway, what's this about Starbound?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about it. I've been playing Starbound again, and um, I'd played it, like, I think two years ago, right about when they stopped updating it, and it was a big thing for a while that people thought they had abandoned the game, but, and I'm not sure on the timeline on this, recently they released... A huge update or a series of huge updates however it happened it was recently updated after a long period of basically going dark or not doing much at all and the changes are pretty substantial and almost all of them are positive it still sort of plays the same way but they just made a lot of things better and added a lot more content and that that's what you want for a game like that especially one that's been in early access so long and i'm I'm not sure if it's out of early access now
0: it's irrelevant um, whether it is or not because early yeah. access has lost all of its meaning.
1: Yeah, but I was kind of I, I i was cynical about it that I thought they were kind of just taking the money and running. Yeah. But they did they did continue to develop it and they kind of made a cool little story. I wasn't expecting a game like that, like Minecraft or Terraria, to have an interesting story. I didn't they know I any story to pull at all. It, off. it didn't really at first, but they. Now, it's almost like Mass Effect in some ways, that every solar system has this very strange um, ancient gate that orbits on the outside of the solar system, and you can use it to teleport to something called the Outpost, which is like a settlement that people from all over the, the universe sounds a lot like of congregated <laughs> along. It's not really like the Citadel or anything, it's just sort of like an, a little outpost, or the Ark and the arc is like this very it's like space lovecraft like mass effect almost that it's like this ancient shrine with a huge gate that as of yet you're not able to open without the update that they're eventually going to make but um they're teasing it at an actually little interesting uh setting and i'm liking it they added some missions that are like actual quests and missions and um, cute little characters you can talk to. They put a lot of effort into it, and they deserve to be applauded for it. Like, they didn't abandon their early access game like they could have, because they easily could have.
0: Yeah, and it looked like they were for a while there, I remember. I mean, I, 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 this is from a perspective of someone who didn't care that much, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I, I just have a limited experience with what actually was going on, but... Uh, I think there was a period of months where they didn't update the steam at all or anything. And it was just, if people were convinced that they had just taken the money and run, like you said, and then they came out with this update that said, sorry, we've been going through some turbulent stuff. And now it seems again, like, yeah, like you said, they're, they're kind of updating the game, uh, regularly, probably to a point where people passed what people expected when they initially bought into the game, which is nice. It's, it's, it's nice to see that. Uh, yeah. And, and they like changed some, some just little annoy.
1: That game had a lot, like any games like that, has a lot of little annoyances. They fixed almost all of those little annoyances. Yeah. Like, you have a tool called the Matter Manipulator when you start the game, and at, at in the early version, it was only effective for, like, the very first part of the game. It just is weak and terrible at collecting resources, and eventually you want to ditch it as soon as possible. Now you can actually upgrade it so that the, the you know... It was a unique thing. Games don't have matter manipulators. You have to make a pickaxe and an axe and yeah, d- yeah, whatever. Yeah. But they managed to scale it with the game. So there's lots of things like that, and I can't, and I don't want to mention all of them. But they did a lot of polish as well as content, which is surprising. They deserve credit for that.
0: I played the shit out of Terraria when that came out, so uh, did I. <laughs> and got very tired of it by the end of playing it. I mean, I played. Hours and hours and hours of it, and then and then I, I had fun with it, and then I and then I lost my uh, jetpack boots that that I could use to fly around, and I lost them somehow. I don't remember what happened to them. Maybe I'll maybe I never knew what happened to them, and I never played the game again. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can go back to a game like that though. I feel like I got my my I, taste of it. I would say it's substantially different from Terraria. I've as, heard that as much as it looks like yeah, Terraria, it has the exact same style, and it looks like gameplay. Uh, I mean
1: it's got the 2D kind of pixel thing going on but in terms of actual like aesthetic style it's very different I would say I don't that know. Terraria is, is f- more fun and um, video game-ish and Starbound feels like a much grander thing that sure. uh it it's it really nails that feeling of exploration I just remember um, feeling going offended. to a distant star system I offended.
0: felt I felt what? offended when when Starbound first came out and it was getting all this attention and stuff and it was like oh, right, right. this is just Terraria. Well,
1: it's you shouldn't you shouldn't feel that offended because it had a lot of the same developers carryover. Well, yeah, far as I know. but
0: I think maybe that was part of the thing was like they they like got the artist and stuff and he just made the same thing again and it was like God damn it. But I don't know, I whatever, like I don't care anymore. It was just at the time it was like this seems really shitty because <laughs> Terraria it's was worth, still a it's thing. It's worth a
1: shot. It might yeah. not be for you. It's not like a, you know, like universally compelling game, but right. it's worth yeah. a shot.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll give it a shot, but it's going to be a while before I get done with Witcher, so <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to buy any games in <laughs> near future. Um, all right. <clears throat> God damn, this is going to be a long podcast. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll try to get through this quickly, I guess. But anyway, there's news to talk about. Yes, there is. Finally. Yes. Um I'll just go through I guess in the order I have them on this document, uh, there's hatred. Hatred came out. Yeah, cold, bitter <laughs> hatred. Yes. The
1: ending. If there was ever any doubt whether the game was tongue in cheek or not, God, the ending of that game yes. is hilarious. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was really, so really I don't funny. care about spoiling this. Um, no. So here's how it ends. The guy is in a nuclear power plant, and he's holding the like technician at gunpoint. And then he says, you're going to blow up the fucking reactors. And he says, no, I won't do this. And then he just starts, like, cutting his head with a knife, and he says, yeah, he, like, if you don't, him of I'm head. gonna make you die very slowly. Okay, I will do this. I will do this. And then he goes through, like, a login screen, and he's like, wait, no, I won't do that. You're gonna have to kill me. And then he gets stabbed through the head immediately. And then the, uh, not important goes up, you know, my name is not important. He goes up to the terminal and uh he's he has to enter the password because he doesn't know it and he just types in six 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 is the password well the password access
0: access granted yeah the guy well first of all it's it's presented as like just a a screen with lines of code on it and then the big login thing like appears on it like massive and 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 the and the username is admin (laughs) And then the password is three blanks. And I think it lets you choose from a numpad 666. And and that's the correct password. And, uh, yeah, that. And then the military comes
1: in behind him. And then he's like, it's finally time. (laughs) And then he just kneels down and starts laughing. And they start shooting him at point blank range with a machine gun. And he's, like, barely flinching. And then he falls down and he's pushes this button in his hand and he says, I wonder if the explosives went off. And then you see a sequence of the entire city blowing up in a nuclear explosion and the nuclear explosion, the the mushroom cloud, looks like almost exactly like the Destructive Creations logo. (laughs) And then (laughs) at the end of that sequence he just goes, well... They did. That's <laughs> the end of
0: hatred. Like it is so funny. I didn't just, stick around to hear that last part. It's, it's hilarious. It, it's great. It's great. Uh, yeah. Um. It's not actually I a good game. It, I've but... seen. The, I've seen the gameplay, and it does not look like a good game. But it. It is definitely intentionally. Uh, not necessarily funny. Like I from what I've it's seen, tongue it, it's tongue in cheek. That was the funniest thing I've seen out of it, and I've seen you know a half hour of gameplay that just isn't nearly as satirical as that. Like it's just stupid. Like, it's just really dumb and, and doesn't look that fun. Uh, although, you can get in vehicles and drive the vehicles through buildings. Like, like yeah, through people's and houses and stuff, which is probably pretty the
1: awesome. That's the most impressive thing about it. The physics look very good. Yeah, it actually and looks it's, like... it's, it's no accident that they're called destructive creations. Like, they put yeah. a lot of... The most effort of that game clearly went to the destructible environments. And I'm pretty I feel sure like... this is, like, the first fully-fledged... Unreal Engine 4 game and it kind of shows. Like it's not like a masterful technical work, but they did do a lot of things well, like like the physics.
0: Yeah, I feel like people are taking these developers very seriously when basically the developers what they probably did is they said, Let's make a game using Unreal Engine 4, and then someone said, Let's make it like super edgy and 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 like people are gonna get really mad about it and it'll be funny, and then they did that. That's just that's what happened. And they just had fun making this dumb game and they didn't put enough care into it to even making it like Actual good satire or anything. It's just a dumb game where you shoot people. And the main character is very, like, I like, just like, yeah, it's very obviously, at least slightly tongue in cheek. And Kotaku called it uh, more often uh, than not. It, it called it, um, uh, what was the word they used? Sin- sincere. Which. I, I I don't know. Did they see the ending? I, maybe not. Uh, I wouldn't blame them for not getting the ending because it it really does look pretty horrendous in the in the gameplay department. But yeah, the, the outrage about that I mean everyone knows pretty much. The outrage of that is just stupid and 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 misplaced. But whatever, fuck it. Don't don't buy hatred. It it looks bad. Look up the ending video and you'll get your fill. Uh, from what I've seen, it just doesn't seem like that great of a game. But uh, anyway, have you heard the rumor about Silent
1: Hill? I have. And yeah. okay so as far as we know there's rumors that Microsoft wants to buy the rights to make Silent Hills an Xbox One exclusive and revive the project. Uh I don't know how to take that rumor just the issue of reliability aside. I mean if they're going through with this Silent Hill is a Konami property. Kojima will almost definitely not be working on it. At that point I'm not sure I'm interested and i've heard people say well they somebody said that the game was 80% done that just doesn't no. seem possible to me that kojima who's directing phantom pain full time is going to be able to simultaneously direct a game 80% of the way to completion yeah that no. only just released a teaser it yeah there's no way so whatever they buy i'm not terribly interested in
0: yeah and and uh, i've heard mixed reports over the legitimacy of this rumor like some people said well like I think I think the person who leaked it is like a, a, a rooster teeth guy or something who have, runs like a channel where they do gaming news or something like that. I don't know. But he, apparently, he's usually pretty reliable for this kind of thing. But a lot of the details of the rumors seem completely absurd. Like the amount of money they spent on it and stuff seems r- a, a ridiculous. And, uh, and like you said, the 80% stuff just doesn't seem right. Uh, I think if Microsoft did buy the rights to Silent Hills, I don't think they would... <sighs> I don't know. I can't really say. I it just doesn't feel like Silent Hills would be something that Microsoft would say it's going to be an exclusive because like wasn't it at, at times like PlayStation exclusive? I mean PT was PS4 exclusive. Um, yeah.
1: I I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, nobody it, knows it,
0: nobody knows anything, really. It just seems really weird and I don't know. I it, if they if they buy Silent Hills and then make it into some cheap money grab and they make it Xbox exclusive, that'll be even more depressing than this whole like konami debacle it would just be like god damn it everything always gets worse uh we'll see though i don't know it does seem a little ridiculous and there's probably plenty of details if it is true there's probably plenty of details we don't have that would seem a little more reasonable but we'll see um i <laughs> i put this on here i thought this next piece of news was was uh interesting enough to talk about uh yeah it Ian Miles Chong might be a name that you're familiar with if you... It is. uh, ...at any time followed, even if you just followed it ironically, the whole Gamergate thing. Uh, his, His Twitter handle is still gray, and he was one of the loudest, most obnoxious, and most opinionated social justice warriors of the last year, and... I put on here that he's turned face because I can't resist making wrestling references. He has basically just decided that this whole time he's been wrong and that now he believes everything that is the opposite of what he believed before. And it's a really, really weird, interesting thing to see. And he wrote an article about it that was actually uh, very self-aware and very uh, kind of... You saw kind of his mental journey of like, why he was doing the things he was doing like he he straight up accepted like i was looking for stuff to feel uh like i was making a difference and to feel you know superior about like i felt like i wanted something to be outraged i was looking for stuff to be outraged at so that i could feel like i was making a difference in this community or something like that and it was like it was just very very you should you should look up his uh i'll try to remember to post the link in it in in the Web, the page yeah, that we was, finally upload, but yeah, it's. It was it's a good
1: sweet. read. Like, uh, he seemed. I heard some people say that they thought it might be insincere or a trick or a ploy. I don't think that's true at all. It, it seemed actually.
0: Now that I think about it, did we talk about this last week? I don't think it happened before last week. Huh. I think it happened. I,
1: I guess I, I might have talked about it to somebody else. Like the else, day
0: after or something.
1: Yeah, but some people were saying that they thought it was some ploy that he wanted to i don't know i don't know it it was kind of nonsense he seemed very sincere and like you said self-aware in what he was saying it was one of the rare instances that you kind of see an insider's perspective on this militant social justice mindset that uh he seemed very genuinely to be reflecting on how he thought and why he did the things he did and it was it's an interesting read and you don't have to like the guy afterwards because he did shitty things yeah um, but uh it, it's interesting
0: yeah yeah there's there's just like I'm, I'm kind of skimming over it right now and he says just there's some sentences from there that are like really revealing of the kind of mentality of these people who just are looking for things to get mad about uh he says, it's common for my personality to seek something to oppose, something to rally against, to be in opposition to. That's who I am, and it's not something that will likely ever change. However, coming to terms with myself and recognize this as, recognizing this as a facet of my personality allows me to channel my drive into more constructive endeavors. Instead of attacking people and dehumanizing them in the process, he, he feels very guilty, apparently, about uh, dehumanizing the whole gaming community into or at least the, the people who disagreed with him, into, like, neckbeard, basement dwellers, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which is kind of weird, because I feel like that's something that most people don't really care about, but I don't know. It, 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 that apparently is what has caused his big enlightenment, is that he feels guilty about uh, being hypocritical about uh, how he treats his opposition. It's- yeah, and
1: one of the most interesting, we talked about The Witcher a lot on this podcast, but it was, the whole thing was sort of framed in The Witcher 3 waking <laughs> <Yeah>. him up. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he played The Witcher 3 and that good of a game. why people. he liked, yeah, he was able to uh, convert social justice warriors, that's how good. <laughs> but, yeah, he kind of like, oh, I kind of remembered why I like games in the first place and acknowledged that he was getting distracted from actual video games.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't looked at his tweets recently, but I like went through a few days of his tweets after he... Posted this. I went, I went like backwards in time a few days to see like, well, okay, how did this transition happen? And just like over time, I think it was in reaction mostly to, of course, Jonathan McIntosh. Uh, I think it's another case of someone being so absurd in their arguments that that their supporters at some point just say wait a minute, this isn't, I can't, I can't support this. And then they realize. wait a minute, I actually disagree with almost all of this. And so like he was constantly making these, like, I guess you would call them like subtweets or whatever, where you don't actually reply to the person, but you're obviously replying to what they're saying. And he was talking about like, it was basically, it seemed like he was going through argument to argument to argument, especially concerning the Witcher, which we did. Okay. This is what we talked about last week. We talked about the outrage over Witcher's, uh, gender roles and whatnot yeah, with you. Uh, and just how obviously stupid that that point of view is that is what kicked this off is is his response to the people saying that it was sexist and stuff when in reality it was just it was actually kind of the opposite of that it actually tackles those issues and and i think i think his disagreement with some of his peers uh, about that particular issue is what kind of caused this 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 domino effect of Wait a minute! Actually, with most of the things they've been saying, I don't actually believe that stuff. Uh, it it is really weird. Uh, yeah, that's
1: that's true of basically any kind of way of thinking. Uh, you know, I, I just you know just I remember being a, an edgy thirteen year old atheist at one point. Sure, yeah, and me too. Like my, I basically agree with everything um, that my church taught me, but it was just I can't even remember what the moral sticking point was but there was some issue of morality that i just didn't agree with at all and then it made me sort of reject the whole thing and mm-hmm. i was very edgy and 13 years old about it yeah. but oh. uh you know it it only takes one strong point of disagreement to you know divorce yourself from an entire way of thinking
0: yeah uh it it is it is fascinating though to see him kind of report his own transition that he's going through. And I, I'll be, I'll be interested to see if it sticks or not. And it's just so weird because I've seen him, like he has been one of the primary people who is just like, Oh my God, everything they say is fucking absurd. And uh, it's just so weird to see him completely, completely change gears. And, and I mean, like it's, it's weird. You should check him out. You should, uh, you should just, just from a total third party perspective of just like here's a person going through something uh, a change of opinions that is drastic uh especially since they've kind of seemed like they've kind of he, he his i think he models himself as a journalist or he wants to be a journalist or whatever and so he, this is kind of like one of his main passions in life is is to talk about this stuff and 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 he's completely changed sides i guess if you want to think of it as sides uh so anyway yeah that's that was interesting to me. It's still really interesting to me. It's just weird to see something that drastic happen. Um, all right, uh, not much to say about this one. Fallout Four. They Bethesda tweeted a picture of a uh, test broadcast screen. You know the kind that's like meant yeah, to like yeah. yeah. They they they. They said something... Uh, their f-
1: website is that, too. It's like a yeah. countdown to E3.
0: So, there you go. Fallout 4, confirmed. Nothing uh, to say
1: about it. I mean, we already talked about it, but it's going to be developed by Bethesda, probably, and definitely. care. Yeah, they're going to have to show me that it'll be good for me yeah, to I mean, start getting it. In, in fairness
0: to them, it has been five years since they've made a an open-world RPG. Uh, so, they've had five years, uh, maybe with their A-team, maybe, Yeah. If, uh, considering if their A team is working on this and their A team worked on Skyrim, then that's probably the only thing that their A team has been working on for the past five years. Which is that's that would be pretty impressive. Unless I, I could also see them having a Fallout team and a Elder Scrolls team. But whatever. It, it, either way, they've worked on it for I don't a long think so, time. Because
1: what's his face? Uh lying mouth man, Todd Howard. <laughs> he he was in charge of both Fallout 3 and Skyrim. So, yeah, um,
0: they could still be separate teams. That he, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's unlikely. Um, hopefully... But, yeah, there's nothing oh, to say really. Hopefully yet. they've built it from the ground up. I would actually be interested in it if it if they came if out a, and it looked yeah. completely different. If it's a totally new engine, yeah. I'm, I, I'm a little excited, but I'm not think hopeful would, for that. I still think that Witcher 3 has probably... Murdered their chances of being the best in the genre by any means. Like I, I think The Witcher Three is so much better. And and if and if 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 the oh, what is the developer of Witcher Three called? Uh, CD, CD Project. Project Red. Yeah. Um, they're making Cyberpunk twenty 20- twenty seventy seven. Yeah. Uh, which nobody knows anything about, but they're making it. And Witcher Three was really good, so people are really excited for that, and I am too, with no knowledge of it whatsoever. Um... So maybe that could actually turn out to be like kind of a direct competitor to Fallout, which would be neat. Um, that'd be awesome if both of those things debuted at E3. Anyway, I'm actually looking forward to this year's E3. Uh, but yeah, not much else to say about that. Uh, not much to say about this next one either. FIFA, the next FIFA, is going to have like eight girls teams, international girls teams, in celebration of the Girls' Women's World Cup. You know... There is
1: stuff to say about FIFA in real life. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I don't... And might as well. Like, I guess. If you have whole if you thing thing anything to say about it. I don't know much about it, really, honestly. So, uh, I'm, I don't even follow uh, soccer, but I'll try to give the best rundown I can. You know, just everything I learned from those 13 minutes of John Oliver's bit on HBO. Right. But, uh, so... Basically, the FBI indicted and arrested lots of FIFA executives, and it was a huge scandal, like just ridiculous shit that almost definitely happened because they turned a FIFA executive who was so wealthy from his work in this nonprofit organization that he was able to buy an apartment in Trump Towers for his cat. Nice. Yeah, and uh, so there's just like envelopes full of $40,000 dollars in cash just getting mailed to people so that they would vote for the you know proper the measures that they wanted to have voted on in the FIFA Congress and just insane shit and this one guy he got arrested I think the former vice chairman or something of FIFA and then a uh, vice president whatever it is he gets arrested, complains of exhaustion and gets released. Uh, taken away in an ambu- ambulance, and then like ten minutes later, he's partying and singing. Every little thing is gonna be all right, and <laughs> saying like Great. we'll make it through. And the the this is the funniest part of it to me. He makes a video trying to defend FIFA, and he holds up an article in his hand, and he says, "You know, how uh, how is FIFA so bad that they would? Uh, ar- how was the FBI?" arrest these people when FIFA has agreed to give the United States an extra World Cup to uh, start on <laughs> May 27th, 2015. If they, Why would they keep the World Cup and arre- arrest them? They seem hypocritical. But it was a fucking Onion article. The, Great. the Onion article was that FIFA was trying to placate the US by announcing an extra World Cup to be played in the United States that starts within minutes of the posting of the article. And he just held it up Like, yeah, John Oliver, what he said about it is, it says something about how corrupt FIFA was that one of the highest ranking executives thought, like, yeah, that's that's probably something we would do. Yeah. (laughs) It's just insane. And then one of the few people, uh, the highest ranking person, Sepp, Sepp Blatter, um he didn't get indicted but uh it was just so much controversy over the past few days that he resigned today so now they have to uh, elect a new leader of FIFA and it's it's been a hugely corrupt organization for a long long time so lots of people are very happy about this yeah
0: it's uh yeah uh, it, it is widely known even if you don't know the details that FIFA is a fucked up organization um they they're almost like a nation like they or like the, they're like the United Nations, except they're sports. And somehow they have like that level of influence. Like they all get together and shit like they get one delegate from each country to come and vote for the leader. And they actually did that. I think it was like Monday. No, that was yesterday. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it wasn't it was, Monday. It was a,
1: whenever it was, it was like very, very recent. And they yeah. reelected the guy who just resigned today. It was a. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. They have an interest in not wanting to change anything, and it was explained pretty well to me by somebody. And so every country gets one vote. Yep. So Montserrat gets a vote. United States gets a vote. Like it doesn't matter how large the countries are. So and each of these countries get an equal share of the profits too. So you know, um, Spain will get just as much money as fucking Senegal or or um just a single city state like they have monaco you will get the same as france mm-hmm. just absurd things that skew the the votes heavily towards very small nations um it's weird it's a whole it's a
0: really weird yeah organization. uh what not to not to completely change the subject but no it doesn't matter. You mentioned that I, I've, I've heard people talk about John Oliver's segment about this, and people are citing kind of him a lot, and I, I see him constantly on Facebook. I've never watched the show. Everyone and their mother I know watches the show. Is it a little worrying to you, the amount of credit that a comedian is no. given? No, actually. uh, it's, it's a lot better,
1: I think, than Jon Stewart ever was. It's clearly meant to be funny, but he's... He does more straight talk in his show than anybody else does. Yeah. So he kind of communicates his arguments satirically, or his writer's arguments satirically, whatever you want to say. He's in charge of them, though. But it's it's more, not serious, but seriously minded in the mm-hmm. satire, I guess. It seems like legitimate social satire that serves an
0: actual political purpose. Because I, I got... I, I got annoyed at Jon Stewart's show. I would watch it occasionally, uh, and it, it got to the point where clearly his audience—they didn't even care if he was making a joke or not. They would laugh before he would make a joke. Yeah, it's and and like it, that. it felt it's very better. just like, oh my god, these people are completely zombies following this guy, and no matter what he says, they're probably going to follow it. And 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 it, and and when a comedian gets into that political sphere and they're using their comedy to influence politics, it feels so. Uh scary to me. Uh but I it's, I haven't yeah, watched the show, it's... so
1: I would encourage you to watch his FIFA video specifically. Like that's a very good example of how he does things. It's not like Colbert. He's not playing a ridiculous character. He's not even like Jon Stewart where he puts the joke before the issue. Like sometimes he'll just take a break to actually just explain something or it's, it's good. It's, I'd say it's better than both of those shows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I definitely want to check it out. I just, yeah, never got around to it. Um, interesting. Uh, so yeah, if you want to play as a girl in the next FIFA game, you can do that, and you can also get on Twitter and get angry at the very small <laughs> minority of people who got angry about the girls. Uh, it's like people, it's like people heard FIFA is coming out and and has girls in it, and instantly went on Twitter and searched uh, "girls FIFA pissed." And and just <laughs> and just got really angry about all the people. It's like it's like if it's like if you you go on Twitter and you, you you search for like people Nazi supporters or something and get like it's not these people don't matter. Like it's a very small minority. Like I just I don't know. I got I got annoyed at how much credit was or how much attention was being paid to people that I never would have seen their opinions if people hadn't brought attention to them with this kind of yeah. thing. It's great. Yeah, I the girls' World Cup, the women's World Cup is actually very popular and i enjoy watching it i've enjoyed watching it for the last couple of times it's aired and so i it it was inevitable that they would add women i mean it's that's a good business decision to make i would if i were a fifa player i would want to play as some women teams during the women's world cup obviously uh so whatever I, it doesn't matter fuck shut up about it uh next news item this one's very recent uh steam has announced a program or has it's more like a clarification of I think rules that they pretty much already had no, internally. No, not at all. Not at all. No, not at all. not at all. No, they were very very
1: strict about refunds before.
0: Uh, I'll I'll let you explain what it is. Yeah, now they, and they've, then they've, they've they've come out with a very simple set of rules that says. If you want a refund on your game, if you've played less than two hours of it and it's within 14 days, you can get a refund in your game. I'm pretty sure just basically no questions asked. It um, is no
1: questions asked officially. It's just an automated thing. Yeah, and so there you it, go. And it the way it used to be, they had no official support for refunds. That you know, there was there was just no official channel to do that. They unofficially and on the sort of hush hush would give refunds to people if they asked, but only once. Ever. right right and so this is a pretty drastic and positive change for them
0: yeah i might ask for a refund for project cars i was already thinking about that before i, this I don't think you
1: can do it in the past <laughs> we'll see plus it's for it's over 14 days so yeah but they Probably said
0: can't. they would they, they said that they would look at each case individually if it didn't necessarily meet the rules uh i'm hopeful mm. <laughs> I don't know I I, I I wouldn't be i don't part think of me just wants to wait for, for that game to be patched or something i don't know i maybe uh, maybe i'll reinstall it and verify the game cache because it feels like that game is so fucked up beyond anything that apparently any of the reviewers noticed i don't know fuck that game
1: uh i wish i could have done it to Lords of the fallen but
0: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm out of things to talk about finally this has been a good 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 length podcast it uh, has news is kicking up which your e3 is coming i i want to do we should do something special for e3 we're probably gonna have to because we're not gonna be able to pack everything into the podcast we can do a live thing that would like, be fun lots of people do that i don't know if i can do that though because it's usually all the stuff is happening during work hours uh i probably can't do that maybe maybe for some we'll figure something out but yeah we'll we, we'll, we'll probably do something <laughs> extra besides just the normal scheduled podcast uh and we never did the Mad Men thing. Maybe we'll do that too at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And I'd like to say
1: now that I'll be going on a a fun little cruise next week, oh so boy. it's going to be tough for me to find a time. I'll find what the next available time. Yeah, we'll figure is, something out. But
0: I'm not going to be able to do it Tuesday. That's a guarantee. We'll deliver the content to the fans no matter what the cost. What would we'll, we do it? It's all at for you. any cost. It's all. It's all for no you. compromise. It's for you. We do this for you. The Patreon link is in the description. Donate and tell your friends to donate, and you can get a ship and Star And if you donate uh, four thousand dollars or more,
1: and so you'll be streaming Witcher three on your I will be hitbox uh, Twitch. I one? haven't
0: eaten dinner, but I don't have to go get it. I have dinner ready, and I'm just going to microwave it. So we'll, we'll whatever. I'll start streaming. Uh, it's we'll, cool. We're going to play some Witcher, so stay tuned. Unless and that's, you're an audio is listener, is it Twitch? Is it Twitch or hitbox? Uh it, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Twitch. I've been doing Twitch, I that's actually another thing that we could have talked about. I, I, I saw you trying out Twitch because you were banned from hitbox, which we talked about last week. Uh and I said, eh, Twitch doesn't seem too bad and then I got on Twitch and I retained yeah, viewers they, they and added had a more option. active chat. They added that
1: option to uh like check the low latency. Yeah. Just like hip, it it tech the the way the technology works, it makes it work the same way that Hitbox works. Twitch yeah. has a mandatory buffering period, so it's more reliable for more people. But now they've opened it up so that you can, if your connection's fine and you're willing with people maybe
0: having a little worse watching experience, you can do that, and that's great. Yeah, it um, it's shined light on a problem that Hitbox had that I was or that my fans were experiencing. My fans, um. People were already, when I first switched over to Hitbox. Uh, people were getting in chat and saying, This isn't working for me. It's lagging. It's whatever. And, and I thought that it was basically there. I mean, it is kind of there on their end, but, uh, basically, if your internet connection isn't fast enough to get the full stream resolution, it's going to buffer on Hitbox. Yeah. Whereas in Twitch, it would do artifacting and maybe, you know, something like that. It probably wouldn't buffer if you're on that, if you're on the fence. And, uh, And so I haven't actually checked that thing in Twitch and the delay, it seems like they've worked on the delay a little bit. It doesn't seem as bad as it was when I first left Twitch, which was like, it was like 45 seconds or something like that. You Uh, should
1: try checking that option in the settings. Yeah. It it makes it exactly like Hitbox. I'm going
0: to, but I'm going to wonder, I'm wondering if it'll make some people unable to watch the stream. I mean, not that those people matter. Uh, Fuck those people.
1: You know, like the second bitrate option in OBS. Yeah. You can basically set it to do it yourself. And find the medium yourself, but it's harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've messed with that a lot, but anyway, I'm going to do it on Twitch, I guess. And that is Twitch.tv/skippysigmatic. Skippy-sigmatic. Not I the think Skippy Sigmatic. I yes, think it it's Skippy Sigmatic.
0: You're sure it's not Sigmatic? I'm Skippy. on the
1: page right now. Skippy Sigmatic. Okay. Twitch.tv/skippy. One of my accounts
0: is Sigmatic Skippy. It might be YouTube, actually. I don't know. Anyway, uh, join us there if you're an audio listener. Or a recording or YouTube listener. Have a good night. Or a good day. Whatever the hell you're doing. Just have a good one. Have a good one on me. Alright? See you later. See you next week, maybe. if If we can get our shit together. Adios.